No fluke, whales walked on land. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. As the Labor Day weekend approaches, tourist destinations around Lake Tahoe on the California-Nevada border would typically be bustling. But this year, the Caldor Fire has kept local streets deserted. The Caldor, just one of the major fires in California, has led to evacuations near the lake and created so much smoke that the air quality index was off the chart, over 500, which is the highest it goes. While most attention has been focused on dry conditions in the west, there's also drought in other parts of the country. Some rivers in the state of Maine are at the lowest level seen in decades. Heavy downpours like those from the recent tropical storm Henri offer little relief. With higher intensity storms like hurricanes, there's more runoff and less recharge than with rainfall over longer periods. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says that more than 15 inches of rain is needed in the next three months to end the drought in Maine. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, it will take even more moisture to relieve conditions with half the state in extreme drought. Not far from Duluth, firefighters continue to battle a blaze in the Superior National Forest near the Canadian border, which has burned about 26,000 acres. While there was rainfall in Minnesota recently, the state commissioner of agriculture told a local television station that it's too late for many farmers. About a month ago, authorities in California told the city of Healdsburg and others to stop diverting water from the Russian River to conserve supplies, including those in nearby Lake Mendocino Reservoir. The city has had a maximum daily limit of just over 70 gallons of water per person, but wanted to help residents keep trees and shrubs growing, so it started delivering recycled water to homes by truck. The use of recycled wastewater is not new, It's produced at treatment plants where sewage goes through a process to the point that it can be used for crops and landscaping, but not to higher standards for drinking. Getting the recycled water from the facilities to users was the problem, so the city is absorbing the cost of delivering up to 500 gallons of recycled water each week to homes where the owners are fortunate enough to have tanks to store it. The New York Times reports that the tanks have become a prized commodity for the 12,000 residents of the city. In nearby Marin County, residents can also get recycled water, but they have to pick it up at a station where they can collect up to 300 gallons. Can the cargo ship industry go green? It's a crucial question because the ocean-going vessels emit a significant portion of greenhouse gases and they're getting bigger and bigger to move more merchandise and goods. Finding a clean fuel powerful enough to push a cargo ship laden with tens of thousands of containers across oceans is challenging. So there was much attention paid to Danish shipping giant Maersk's announcement that they were purchasing eight new vessels that would be carbon neutral by running on so-called green methanol. Right now, ships run on heavy fuel oil or bunker fuel, which not only emits CO2, but also releases dangerous air pollutants. While the move towards sustainable fuels is welcome, there are some caveats. 
The Maersk ships will be hybrid, so they can also run on bunker fuels, which is an acknowledgement from the company that currently there's not enough green methanol on the market. Also, Maersk says the vessels will use one of two types of green methanol, each of which has potential downsides. One relies on capturing CO2 from power plants, which perpetuates the burning of fossil fuels. The other green methanol uses biomass, which, while sequestering carbon, could release methane, a more potent greenhouse gas. Whether green methanol is truly green will depend on how and if it can be sourced sustainably. And finally, if you could go back in time 43 million years, you might encounter a whale swimming past you in the sea, but it might also walk by you on land. Researchers working in Egypt's western desert found a fossil of a four-legged whale. They estimated it was 10 feet long and weighed around 1,300 pounds. The paleontologist said the whale, which was able to walk on land and swim in water, had a head shaped like a jackal and powerful jaws that could snatch its prey like a raptor. That scary skull and jaw were the main reasons the research team named the ancient creature after the Egyptian god of death, Anubis, saying that animals encountering it would have felt like they met their fate. The finding helps unravel the mystery of how whales evolved from being small land dwellers to the giant sea creatures they are today. And that's it for this week in water. We'll see you next time.